Well, good morning. Uh, if we've not had a chance to meet, my name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here as well. Uh, and especially if you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, as Keith alluded to, today is a very special day in the life of our church because we get a chance to unveil some really cool plans that God has helped to shape over the last number of months and a really exciting announcement. That's why we had uh, the whole family kind of together uh, for worship and uh, just excited about what we're gonna get to announce. Uh, but before we do that, I wanna talk to you a little bit about manure. What, you didn't think that's what I was gonna talk about this morning? No, I bet you never thought you'd hear the pastor say, let's talk about manure, but it's all gonna make sense in just a few minutes, okay? I promise. Ever since humanity turned its back on God, that we ran away from him and said, we're gonna do this on our own, God has lovingly and patiently done everything that he can to draw humanity back into relationship with himself. And the primary way that he did this is he called a man named Abraham. And he said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you and your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, why? because I'm gonna use your descendants to go and bless the world. I'm gonna bless you, Abraham, so that you'll be a blessing to the world. And eventually, that becomes Israel. And from Israel comes the church. And the mission that God said, I want to bless and bring humanity back into relationship with me, is now the mission that has been given to the church. And this people, is a people that's bound not by geography, not by ethnicity or color, or by language. This is one people throughout the whole of the world brought together under one king, Jesus Christ. That was God's full intention from the beginning to say we want to make sure that humanity comes back into relationship with God. That's our mission. The problem is, the church hasn't always been very good about living into this mission, including the early church. So on the night before Jesus was crucified, he spoke directly to his disciples, and now he had been doing this the whole throughout his ministry, but he wanted to make sure that they understood. As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. And that you, of course, is plural. It's gonna be not just you, disciples, but you, church. There's one. After Jesus is crucified, he raises from the dead. He stands before his disciples again, and he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And don't forget, I'll be with you always as you go and do this throughout the end of the age. You think they'd get it, right? Just to make sure, before he ascends to the Father, he says it to them just a little bit differently. Boys, well actually there's 500 people gathered. You all, you will be my witnesses, okay? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and throughout the whole of the world, to the remote ends of the earth. Don't forget this. Here's what happens. If you've read through the book of Acts, 
takes eight chapters before anyone leaves the little temple area of Jerusalem. And you say, what? Jesus just said this clearly, in fact, all the way from the beginning. He said, Matthew 4:19, come follow me, why? I'm gonna go and send you out to fish for people. From the very beginning, all the way to the very end. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. But they didn't do it. Why? Well, there's a couple good reasons, but I wanna say the number one reason is because the church was pretty comfortable where they were. You know, the church kinda liked being in Jerusalem together. They were excited about this new world breaking in, and they celebrated together, but they didn't go. Now, okay, if you wanna be sympathetic, here's, here's why. In the uh, mindset of a Jewish person, for centuries, God had strategically said, I'm gonna make you into a separate and different people. You are gonna be unique among all the nations, okay? God calling Abraham. And, but it's not simply to make you unique and, and unusual, it's to make you so unique that when I send you out, you're gonna be totally different and you'll offer a blessing to the world. But again, they were so used to this that when it came time for God to change the strategy, they, they didn't quite make the pivot. So uh, the, what, God, what God does is he resorts to something that is, is pretty drastic, actually, but I'll get to that in a minute. Now, you know, um, this whole thing of going out beyond your comfort zone, it's a good thing the church doesn't struggle with this anymore, right? Yeah, all right, okay, so uh, look, one day in heaven, you and I are gonna be able to spend all eternity together. It's gonna be in, I mean, just seriously incredible. Um, and I don't know about you, but especially over this pandemic, and as people have gone through struggles, it's made me long for heaven all the more. You know, sometimes when we gather, it's a little taste of heaven. It's, it's just a, a small taste of this, to see our brothers and sisters together but one day it's gonna be that for all time. And I felt it all the more, especially for those of you who are gathered at home, to not feel like, ah, just, I wanna be together. That day is coming. And until that day, we cannot neglect the reality that we have a mission together. Uh, but until that day, we must be committed to go. And even a pandemic doesn't put the mission on hold. Here's where the manure comes in. Okay. The reason I wanted to give you this illustration is it's something that has stuck with me for 30 years, and I, I pray it sticks with you as well. My young life leader way back when, when he was teaching me, and I had almost so little knowledge of the Bible, gave me this, and it, it's, it's just so good. He said, look, Christians are just a little bit like manure. You spread them out, they begin to bring growth and good things. But if you pile them up for too long, they begin to stink. You follow me? Okay, all right. I didn't say it was funny, but you won't forget it, okay? So look, God it was so serious about spreading the church out to go do this. You know what he resorted to? Persecution. He allowed the early church, his, his bride, if you're gonna sit there, 
what else can I do? And he allowed persecution to come. And that spread them out. The first pierce, you know, begins to go to Samaria, begins to go to Judea, and, and then to the rest of the whole of the Roman Empire. And what was their strategy? Twofold. They, they had a two-pronged strategy. One, every person reach out to your oikos. That was their strategy. Reach out to your household and your relational network. And together, our strategy is going to be planting churches. That's what they did. They, they, they said, well, if there's another community there, now we'll, that community of people, we're going to do the same, and we're going to reach out to other people in a different location. That's the same strategy that God would have us pursue today. It's the best way to live out the Great Commission. For 100 years, BPC has been here on the corner of Columbia and Lake. And uh, if um, I, I, our church has been so committed uh, for years, absolutely, to God's mission, but it's time for us to go and plant a daughter church. Now, today we're gonna talk a bit more about these plans. You've heard us talk about this over the last number of months, and COVID has delayed this, but today we're gonna affirm that it's not altered these plans. Uh, and someone might say, well, wait a minute, you know, why would we devote more time to talking about this as a whole church? This is just a group of people, right? Wrong. If this is going to succeed, this must be an effort of the whole of our church. We must all come together in different capacities, and we're gonna talk about that in a few moments if this is gonna succeed. And so I told you we're gonna bring up one of our missionaries. Now normally, Kian comes as one of our pastors. Today, Kian, come on up, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the whole of what we're doing with this church plant. You can clap for him. All right. Gonna get our chairs over here and we're gonna be socially distanced away from each other. Just don't make me sing because it's not gonna be perfect harmony. All right. All right, so if you uh, are going, wait a minute, um, I'm new, I, I haven't been here. Do, you may not even know, we have a whole nother campus that uh, we've had that's been a part of our church for the last 10 years. We have had a long, and um, we have disagreements uh, together, but we've had a good relationship with the Catholic Church, uh, serving together in, in various places throughout the years, and they approached us 10 years ago and said, we're selling this building. Would you be interested? And our elders discerned together and said, my, that just seems like an incredible opportunity for us to live into what has been a part of our church DNA forever, which is to love the city. And so we purchased this property, and along came what we eventually called the Family Ministry Center, and we birthed many ministries uh, out of this uh, location, including some that are functioning really well today, which is we have a, an alternative school for kids who have not fit into the public school, Right now we have uh, a place, it's a former convent on the property where we have veterans who were homeless and now finding a way to get back and integrated into society. We have a house there for women who are battered and can experience some healing and wholeness. And, and there's m multiple other things I could tell you about. But it's been incredible 
But a few years ago, we started to discern, maybe God wants us to do something more. Maybe this is something that God wants us to plant a church. Uh, and the way that we've, we and I, we've talked about this is we've been sending short-term missionaries down to this area of Clark and Fulton. Um, and we've, you know, if you've been on an international mission trip, it's one thing to go on a short-term mission, but you know the biggest impact that you'll, you'll have is not when you go down once or occasionally, but as a missionary to come and be a part of the neighborhood. And that's what Jesus did, right? In his incarnation, he came and he lived among us. And we said, well, maybe that's what we should do down there as a next step for our church. So we prayed about it, and that's, that's how it evolved. But then, my goodness, you came in the picture. <laughs> Sounds so excited. <laughs> I so. am excited about it. So, Why don't you, so you tell how that happened. So uh, New Life at Calvary began experiment, uh, exploring and talking and discerning the call to plant a church. And as we began that discussion, I began looking at resources, looking, at, looking to primarily our denomination for support, saying, look, I want to do this never done this before, what would you recommend? And they began connecting us with people. And they connected me with this pastor from California. And so it was a really tense time with Golden State and the Cavs at the time. So I was a little apprehensive until I found out that this pastor would actually be coming to Cleveland. And um, so then I was like, okay, he's good, he's safe. <laughs> but needless to say, Mark I guess assumed or thought that this would be the beginning of a new partnership when actually our churches have been previously in partnership for years before that. My parents were in partnership with Hugh Auburn for some over 20 years doing ministry in the inner city. In fact, uh, summer camps, uh, vacation Bible schools, things that I participated in as a child were made possible by BPC. And so here we are a generation later having this conversation about rejoining that partnership again, and God is so good. Yeah, and I, it's worth just revisiting this because this is a total God moment. Yep. That's your side of the story. I'll tell you mine, okay? okay? So I get contacted by somebody who's higher up in, in the whole church world and says, hey, there's this guy named Ken in Cleveland, and I know you get a heart for Cleveland since you're from there. Can you help him? And, <laughs> and I said, well, what you don't realize, I didn't tell him this at the time, as I was interviewing here, right, and little did I know that, boom, you know, that this was God's answer to a prayer. Right, right. So it's really exciting. And now, okay, so here's the vision for, for why here. Um, if you know our church history, if you've been around for a while, you've probably heard this story. You could tell it as well as I can. Down on the other end of Bay Village, there is a Methodist church, and a woman named Ida Cahoon, okay, there's a street in town named after her in a park. She was really concerned about the little kids on this side of town who were not getting a chance to hear about Jesus because the, to go down to the other end, there was no church. So you know what she did? She got on her horse and she rode down on Sunday to make sure those kids heard about Jesus. Our church ever since has been about kids. It's been part of our DNA and We've also been about going. It's been just part of us being a missional church. Well, the other day you saw, you know, the staff going down to the, the Clark Fulton area. 
I set my GPS just to see how long does it take to drive down there. Well, I, I, I'm not an expert on horses, but I would guess it takes about 20 minutes to go from down Lake Road on a horse, maybe 15. Took me 17 minutes in my iron horse to go down to the FMC, right? By that, I mean a car. Okay, so I drove down and for those, okay, we're thinking, this seems like it's so far away. Somebody in the first service said, well, how do we, people have this perception that it's a world away, and in some ways it is. It's no further than Ida Cahoon when the first planting of our church was, was put together. We have to overcome this, this barrier, and we need to reclaim our roots to say, this is who we are, and, and we're going we're gonna to build that bridge. Um, so speaking of bridge, why don't you talk a little bit about this idea of bridging the suburb and the city? Yeah, so uh, we, as we continue to discern God's call to plant a church, one of the things that we found is unique about our identity as a church plant and a core team is that we, we feel God calling us to bridge the gap. And there's so many different collaborations that happen. But particularly, there are three gaps that need bridging that we feel uniquely called to bridge. And number one is the suburbs to the city. Cleveland is one of the most segregated cities in the country. And, and that the, 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 the separation between the suburb and the city is extremely strong in that there is, there's this separation and there's not a lot of travel through. And so for us to say, what, what does it mean with our unique identity to bridge the gap between what's happening in the city and what's happening in the suburbs so that there is much work being done on both sides. The second piece of the puzzle is that the, the next gap we feel God calling us to bridge is the gap of racial healing and reconciliation in our country. Along with our city being extremely segregated, we are uh, in the middle of tension and uh, all types of turmoil related to race. And I think that the church needs to be a solution to what's broken in the fall. And one of the things broken in the fall is the separation between us by our races. And so we feel God calling us uniquely to help bridge the gap uh, to racial healing. And then the third one is if we're gonna be a church, we better be bridging the gap between people and Jesus. And so those are the three unique bridges that we hope to build as we seek to start this church. Right. And so one of the things somebody might say is, you know, one of the things that in the last 20 years churches have done, Keon, is they've done a lot of video campuses. Yeah. And one of the reasons you do that is because it, it's really, it cuts down cost and, you know, a lot of other reasons. But we discerned together that in this, that probably was not the best way for our church to go forward. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the reasoning there. Yeah, so one of the things that is helpful when you do video campuses is for every church to be in the same type of community. Well, there's not too much similar in terms of community makeup between Bay Village and Clark Fulton. And the difference needs to be, and I said this in the first service, but in John, it clearly identifies that Jesus came among the people. He took on flesh and dwelt among us. And that was an important step in what we call the incarnation because Jesus became, he took on flesh, he became one of us in order to save us. And so for us, our burden is to say, if we're going to plant a church, 
We need long-term missionaries who are going to become a part of that community, building relationships in the community. That way, the ministry that we do is strictly contextualized to the people we're seeking to reach. Yeah, and so, and we've talked about still making sure that we function as one greater church. Right. We might even, you know, swap pulpits on a regular basis. We'll let you preach every now and again, Pastor Mark. <laughs> uh, but making sure that that continues, um, but recognizing there's a unique situation uh, right. that, that requires a little bit more of an incarnational presence. That's what we've discerned. So, all right, COVID has delayed us a bit, but you guys haven't stopped working and planning. Can you talk a little bit about what we've called this core team yeah. and what they've been up to? So a core team is a group of people who, are, who feel uniquely called to carry the vision and embody the vision and mission of a church. And so this core team has been uniquely made up of the two churches in partnership, New Life at Calvary and BPC. Um, and it's been, it's, it's, they've been meeting since March with the unique purpose of coming together, sharing a meal, praying together, worshiping together, prayer walking, doing service projects, hearing from the community, learning about urban ministry principles. And so the core team has been hard at work in trying to figure out who is God calling us to be for our particular community, getting to know the community. Some members on the core team have began praying and discerning what would it mean for them to, to move into the neighborhood along with Ash and I. So the, 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 the responsibility of the core team has been to really do some groundwork of setting the pace for what the church plan is to become. And so we intentionally uh, put together people with a heart for the city, a heart for the things that we feel called to do. Well, and uh, you've even been partnering with one of our partners, Building Hope in the City. Yes. And they, they uh, if you know their ministry, we've been uh, partnering together for a while, and they've been helping to train this team. But let me ask uh, also about, what have you learned about the context? Tell, tell, you know, tell me about Clark Fulton area. Yeah, so I-90 uh, and uh, I-71, when they were constructing those highways, they actually annexed the community of the Clark Fulton community. Cut it off. They cut it off the community from any sense of development and opportunity. And really, this happened in the 1960s. So we're looking at, you know, about 60 years of a community being cut off from opportunity, cut off from resources, cut off from development. And God is actually turning the tide. But one of the things that's really cool about Clark Fulton is that in a city that's very, very segregated, Clark Fulton is actually the most diverse part of our city. And in it being the most diverse part of our city, there is the shared commonality around the depravity in the community, the despair, and a lot of the pain that's been caused as a result of the annexing in the 60s. And, and, and really the, the, the heart of the people has been this feeling of neglect, neglect from the city leadership, neglect from priorities. And I, and I think, and reasonably so, there's been this feeling of neglect from God. Like, why has God left us alone? And I'm, I'm really excited that we get to be a part of the turning tide because now Clark Fulton is now have, has a renewed sense of vision and with Metro Health and Clark Fulton together and, you know, the Metro West Community Development Corporation building hope in the city, all of these organizations have committed themselves along with our church plant and the FMC and BPC to restoring the hope that God has given to this community. And we're not trying to start new programs and new ideas. We're actually partnering with God, with what God is already doing there in that community. Yeah. And, and of course, one of the things as we look at the church plan is we're going to continue. In fact, 
I don't want to give an, another, I'm going to save this for another day, but to let you know that we, we're very close uh, to an announcement with the FMC, and that is going to be the missional engine of this new church, right. along with our church. And one of the ways that we'll come together is working together through the efforts of the FMC. But we'll right. talk more about that another time. Let me go back to the three things you said earlier, yep. okay? A bridge. We talked about a bridge from what to what? The city to the suburbs. Okay, and then a bridge from? For racial reconciliation. And, and most importantly, a bridge? From people to Jesus. This is what led us to think about uh, a new name. Okay, so this is, this is one of the big announcements, okay? What's in a name? Uh, the rose is gonna smell sweet in any other context. But a name does a lot, right? A name is really important. And so, been prayerfully thinking about this. So, should we tell them the name? You want to say it at the same time? That would that would be kind of cute. Can we, okay. Can, we, can the congregation count for us? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Okay. Bridge, Bridge City, City Church, church is the okay. name of the new church plan. So. All right. Now somebody was asking at the first service. Okay, what's the relationship between the two churches? The the. This is going to be, is it a Presbyterian church, Keon? I'm Presbyterian born, I'm Presbyterian bred, and when I die, I'll be Presbyterian dead. All right, so there you go. We're going to continue, not because we, we're, we're Jesus fans, okay? That's number one first, but we actually believe uh, that this is a great way to organize the church. Uh, the churches are going to continue to be together. This church will be under the session of BPC uh, for the foreseeable future, if not for, for a long, long time, okay? Um, and we're going to talk more about this, but um, let's see. Would you lead us into... Well, I'm going to say one more thing. I got to go. I got to go here. Okay. This is your church. I'm, stop. Stop. Okay. So I'm driving down Lake Road and there, I'm realizing, I'm thinking about Ida Cahoon because I know we're going to talk about this morning. Do you know why it took so long to get down here? It, we just drive down and what? It took me two minutes or so to go from Bassett down to Columbia. But it didn't in her day because there were no bridges. You see, we're just so used to driving down Lake Road because there's two th bridges that, that keep us. You know, last summer, if you uh, were in Bay Village, they, one of those bridges wasn't there, and it was inconvenient, right? You had to go all the way around. Well, it's much harder on a horse. So one of the things I think that's so cool about what you guys and the whole discerning this bridge idea is now we want to make it easier. We want to be the vehicle that helps people Yes, connect to Jesus, but also capitalizing on this opportunity to connect people who want to help to what's happening in the city. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Um, how about a time frame, Keon? Yeah, so, you know, like we had talked about before, COVID has delayed a lot of plans. And so here's what we've got uh, ahead of us. So from now until March, we're going to be in the development and recruitment stage of the plant. So we've got three phases the development stage, the soft launch, and the grand opening. For the development phase, we're going to be giving people from the community and from our partner churches to get an opportunity to hear the vision of the church plant and really make a decision of they want to be a part of it. 
You know, church plant is not easy work and it is not little business to God. And the reality is your heart has to be burdened for what we're doing and God has to call you to it. I wouldn't be sitting on this stage if God hadn't, number one, given me a burden and number two, given me a specific calling to it. So that gives us an opportunity to share. You'll be able to meet with me, members of our core team, to really hear like, okay, what, what really are you about and, and get more information, get to know us, get to know our hearts. The second part of the phase is called our soft launch phase. The soft launch phase gives your church an opportunity to begin the rhythm and practices of becoming a worshiping community together. And so we will do that from April until August. And that will be, an, like I said, an opportunity for us to begin receiving the sacraments together, praying together, meeting together, sharing meals, doing service projects. We've even talked about some racial reconciliation groups. But this is an opportunity for us to begin becoming a church. Before we open our doors to the world, we want to embody the mission of Acts 2 together, being one together. And in that soft launch phase, there will be opportunities for our anybody to come down and preview a worship service. And so we're going to have three opportunities for people to preview services during that time where you can come in and go, all right, you know, what is this going to be like? What is, what, what, what is this church going to actually, you know, uh, involve? And then is our grand opening. And that is when we, you know, no stop. We, we go in, we, we open our doors, we cut the ribbon, we welcome the community, we welcome all the people who have been praying for us to come and be a part of it. And so those are the phases that we'll be in uh, over the next year together. Well, and I think sometimes people think, well, just, just you just start, start preaching church. on Sunday, right, right? right? But not a healthy church. A healthy church is a disciple-making church. Amen. And you guys, as part of the core team, then you have, the, Jesus did this, right? He had the 12. Yep. And then he had the 70, then he had the, you know, the 500, 5,000, 5, okay? Yeah. So that, I think, is a really key element to the strategy here, too. Um, so really, that leads to what, what, what can people do to help? And I know one of them you just mentioned is praying about participating in this process, right? Which would be being a part of the launch team. Right, and really seeking God and saying, God, look, have you, have you stirred my heart to this? And if you have... Help me, help me make the next steps to be a part of this team. So really pray uh, about God filling your heart to become part of the launch team. The second piece of the puzzle is pray that our team continues to become one. We talked a few, uh, a few weeks ago in Acts 2 with the Gospel and Life series about our witness being embodied through our oneness. And it's so important, especially amidst so much tension and division, for us to be one. And so continue praying as our team grows. You know if you get more than one person in the room, there's going to be conflict. And so the reality is we want to be intentional about becoming one, becoming family, as the core team has already begun and as it grows to, to be, be one group, one family together. We want you to continue to pray for our community and for the reception of our community as we seek to, to be a church for the purposes of building up the community. Our prayer is that, that the community would be receptive of us and open to us and that we would be humble and that we would be listening and, and really considering who we're trying to reach. Um, you can be praying for my wife and I as we integrate into the community, as we're trying to relocate to the community over this next year. So please be praying for us. And, and, and two, pray that our church is able to spark something of great hope for, for the Clark Fulton area and for BPC in general. Yeah. Well, and so, okay, 
let me summarize. Prayerfully considering, could God be calling you to be a part of this launch team? And I know that you'd be happy with a few people who would commit for a year, but really you're looking for people for the long run, right? Then he noted, you said things to pray. Let me talk about the last one, about giving. Every year our church does a Christmas offering. This year our church is asking us to specifically, our elders said, let's focus on the church plant. This is a unique opportunity, a unique season in our church uh, to give above and beyond your normal gifts toward this church plant. But let's take a look at the bigger budget for uh, this church plant. And you'll see there the total budget for one year uh, is about 190000 And the good news on that is already one half of that budget is included in Bay Prez's current budget. So really, this is a net increase of about, uh, what, 80 90K or I'm so? I'm not the math guy. I'm a preacher. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, it's, it's a net increase of half of that budget. And we are asking those who would be a part of the new church plant, obviously, to give toward the church. And so our hope is over the course of three, maybe five years, that they would take care of that 50%. And so it would not be a burden on BPC going forward. So that's something that you can do as well to give. And uh, already we've saved up uh, a good amount Uh, toward this as a church, but we need uh, this Christmas offering hopefully to put us, if not over the top, you know, close. Mm -hmm. So um, with that in mind, you talked about us praying. I'm excited that I hear, and Toby is here. Where's Toby? Pastor Toby. Hey, why don't you come on up? Would you do us, so Pastor Toby is uh, one of the pastors down at New Life at Calvary, and uh, in fact, did we work out getting you a mic? She's got one. Oh, praise the Lord. All right. So if you would come up, and would you just lead us in prayer? Uh, we'd like to take, come on up. Come on up. Do you guys, give Toby some love, okay? You have the coolest mask. Okay. Would you pray and lead us in prayer? Praise God. Praise God, BBC. God is good, amen? Amen. Amen. And I just want us to take a moment, first of all, to give God praise for this awesome opportunity that God is giving us as the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wow, look at you. Look at God. Amen. We want to thank Pastor Mark, Pastor Keon for really articulating for us the past and the present and the vision for the future. Um, How many are excited about Bridge City Church? Amen. Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) Praise God. And so as I was looking at statistics over the past months, and statistics are showing that new churches are best to reach new generations, new people groups, new residents. Amen. And so that's why this is so exciting because we want to see the kingdom of God advance in the city. Amen. That's what we want is the people of God to see the kingdom of God advanced. And so we are so excited. New Life at Calvary and BPC coming together and and bridging uh, the uh, the church uh, and the the, church. Oh, there's so many entities. Uh, (laughs) So it just... 
because like we're, we're doing this together. This is the people of God coming together. And that makes it so exciting. So thank you for the honor, Pastor Mark, Pastor Keon, and, and letting us all come together to be a part of this. So could we just now join our hearts? We need God's favor. We need God's wisdom and God's direction as we make decisions. So many have been made, so many are being made now, and we're gonna keep on making them. We want God to be glorified. We want people to get saved. We want people to be discipled for the kingdom of God, amen? Amen. Amen, let's join our hearts. Hmm. Oh great God, we say thank you. Thank you for this honor that you have bestowed upon we, your church. And so you have collectively called us all together, oh God. You have unified us. And we pray that you would make us one as we seek to plant this church. Oh God, we are so excited. Lord, we want your will to be accomplished. And so we say thank you. We say thank you for the core team that has been working. And Lord, we ask your continued anointing on them. Lord, we ask your anointing on each of us as we now consider our part in this church plant. Yes. Lord, you are calling us to give of ourselves, to give of our time, to give of our money, to give of our resources, oh God. Lord, give of our talent. You are calling us to respond to your call upon us as your church. And so may we each and all, as individual churches coming together, the entities coming together, may we each and all say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. To your will for your church. Yes, Lord, for the lost people. Lord, we ask that you give us passion, a passionate love, first of all, for you, and then a passionate love for one another. And then a passionate love for others, others who may be different from us, others whom you love with an everlasting love. Give us all passionate love, your love, as we have sung in the service today. Your heart is what we desire. And so we say thank you. Thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing. Oh, God, and thank you for the privilege of allowing us to be a part of what you are doing and it's in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. We, the people of God, all joyfully and expectantly join together to say, Amen. 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 And amen. Thank you. Woo. Amen.